With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. minutes after seven o'clock so glad to have you with me i'm john caldera give me a call 303-713-8255 are you ready to secede from colorado it would be massive let me put out my supposition one more time please tell me i'm wrong If Senate Bill 181, which I know you haven't read because nobody's read because the liberals waited in the last minute until they dropped it on us, but it is crippling of the oil and gas industry the way it is written. If it's not, if it's not corrected, it will be devastating to a place like Weld County, which oil and gas is its lifeline. So if if it does pass as is, I predict you're going to see another push for northern Colorado to somehow separate from Colorado. That is, to become its own state, or I'm starting to think maybe, maybe become part of Wyoming or Nebraska? Possible? Because if they did so... If they did so, it would it would allow them it would allow them to to maintain being an oil and gas community. It would also be a great way for um, for those of us in Colorado who are tired of our shift to being California to have a place to go that's even a little closer. What do you think? Really, what do you what do you think? I I'd be up for it. The reality though is the reality is that if we did that, if northern Colorado left Colorado, it could be it would be devastating for the rest of the state. There would be no more there would be no more um, Republican control, even as a possibility. Even as a possibility. Yeah, it could become part of of Wyoming or Nebraska. How awesome would that be? You could have Wyoming and Nebraska fighting over who gets this part of, of Colorado. I I like that idea. 
I really like that idea. I'm just pulling this up on Google Maps to take a, a closer look. Yeah, Weld County, Weld County borders both Nebraska and Wyoming. How fun would that be? All right, 303-713-8255, 713-TALK. How fast is the left going in Colorado? How fast is the left moving to, to change Colorado into California? They are wasting no time. Not only are they putting in a red flag law without due process, not only are they attacking oil and gas, not only are they putting in the national public popular vote without a vote of the people, they're changing sex ed to be more about indoctrination for alternative sexual lifestyles, and they're changing birth certificates so you fill out a form and you can change your gender. Soon, they'll be putting out a maternity leave bill that the state gives out maternity benefits. This, this is a social engineering marvel that the left is, is working on. I'm, I'm impressed with their speed. I am just impressed with their speed. Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a map here of, of Weld County. And I'm just trying to see where where would you move to be close to Denver, but just inside Weld County, so that if they were to secede, you could be part of a brand new state that that's a conservative state, or be gobbled up into Wyoming. I think you'd see property values skyrocket on, on this side of the border. That is, if you could buy a home in Frederick and be, be in Wyoming, oh man, life would be good. How many people do you know that have left Colorado? I'm, I'm starting to need both my hands and feet to start counting the number of people I know who have left Colorado because Colorado is changing. What is it you miss the most about Colorado? What is it you miss the most about this state that used to value limited government, that used to value individual hard work, that used to truly tolerate people having different lifestyles? 303-713-8255. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Carl, welcome. You're with John Caldera. Yeah, it's about time you get back to work. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you kind of touched on it earlier, uh, about a few minutes ago, about the Denver area is, you know, in the 80s when the, when the Western Slope oil shale thing collapsed, uh, uh, you know, that kind of affected us here in Denver as well. If you, if oh, you it destroyed the- Colorado. It destroyed Denver. I, for those of us who, mind you, I was pretty much a kid uh, in the early '80s, 
But I remember seeing all the empty skyscrapers in Denver. I remember seeing uh, the financial devastation that happened. The rest of the country was taking off in the Reagan Revolution, and and Denver got got stuck. Well, and you know, maybe maybe what's going on is the Democrats are actually feeling nostalgic, and they want to see the see-through buildings again and be able to pick up a house for fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and it would sure clear out a lot of the traffic. It really would. Um, and that would be good. The downside is that... Um, the downside is... Well, actually, it's a positive. The positive is that Colorado is much more diversified now. When that recession hit us in the 80s, Colorado's economy was mining, ranching, oil, gas, very little tech. Very little software, very little manufacturing. Uh, we're much more diversified now. That Colorado has a has a real different, um, has, just has a very different way about it now. Uh, so, in other words, of, we, we would of, we would survive a downturn, an, um, an oil and gas downturn, better. So, in other words, unemployment would only go up to about eight percent. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, how bad was unemployment in Colorado? I mean, I I know down in Grand Junction it was horrific. The stories that you could buy ten houses for a hundred grand for all of them combined. Um, My next door neighbor bought his house for fourteen thousand. I think it was fourteen fourteen eight back in those wow. days. Wow. I live in Denver. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, um. Well, you know, I, I do remember that. I do believe, believe the unemployment rate in Denver at that time was right around 10%. But I don't remember what it was statewide. Yeah, that was pretty close. That was pretty close to the national average, but the rest of the nation moved forward a lot faster than Colorado. Well, yeah, we really didn't get, we, we really didn't get moving here until that hailstorm in 1990. So if this bill is change so that there's local control of oil and gas, you're going to find that in places like Boulder and Larimer County and uh, Broomfield County, it'll be basically outlawed. You'll never see it again. Weld County would Please. still have, have, have it. Uh, on the Western Slope, they'd still have it. That's why the bill, as it is written now, changes it so that if you don't destroy your oil and gas industry, People in Denver will do it for you. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, between... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, between the, the oil and gas bill and, you know, like that, that senator up there in Fort Collins under that gun bill, she might have her guns taken away from her. Yeah, that's true. She could. <laughs> great point. Carl, have a great evening. Thank you so much for the you call. Too. 303-713-8255. 713-TALK. I'm John Caldera. You, here on 630-K-HOW.
20 minutes after, I'm John Caldera. Good evening and welcome. Are you ready for daylight savings time? Where did the hour go? You know, that day when daylight savings time comes, it, it just feels... It just feels like... Um, it feels like life. You turn around and go, what? What? It's been how many years since I've seen you? What? Yeah, that that's exactly what going to daylight savings time is. That's It's just a good analogy for life. What? 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 It's been how many years? What? I've been here how long? What? My kid is graduating? What? What? Oh. If you have any tricks for slowing down life, I'd love to know them. Here's... Here's my theory, because I have stupid theories on everything, as you well know. Remember when you were a kid? Years lasted forever. Your mom leaves you in the car while she runs into the store for 10 minutes, and you were there for at least a day and a half. I mean, it was... it. Well, part of that makes sense. When you're a kid, a year... You're a year old. If you're a year old, a year stands for 100% of your life. Then you turn two years old, and a year is only half of your life. By the time you're 10, a year is only a tenth of your life. So years are naturally going to seem faster. It's because as a percentage of how long you've been alive, it's just, it's nothing. Imagine, imagine you're one year old. You're one year old, and and somebody says, "You now need to wait an entire year for this next thing to happen. You need to wait an entire lifetime, from your point of view, for Christmas to come again." Oh, this is why one year olds. It's a good thing they can't take track of time. But then at year two, you go, "Hey, we're going to cut that sentence in half." It's only going to be half your lifetime. So take half of your known lifetime, and Christmas will be back in a half of your lifetime. And then a third, and you get the idea. So in that way, it makes sense that as you get older, time flies faster. But I think there's something else. And it goes something like this. When you're a kid, everything is known. When you're a kid, everything is is known you you or excuse me everything is new everything is new you go to you go to first grade and, and it's never been any, like anything you've ever seen you you go to grade school and it's like nothing you've ever done before you go to a to to a slumber party you've never been to a slumber party before and it's a brand every event is a first and therefore it takes up more time in your little file cabinet in your brain that's that's the way i see it the files in your brain are your memories. And the first time you've done something is really a new and different thing. Can, can we get an amen on that? 303-713-8255. 713-TALK. That's why, for me, um, I think about, about the college experience. And I didn't, have, I didn't have the wildest college experience. People have had better, more wild college experiences and they've but that file cabinet drawer that is full of all the file experiences of college 
living for the first time in an apartment, what it's like having a roommate, going out and partying, doing great things with girls, you know, going on campus, having all that leisure time, all that. And it seems to me, in my file cabinets of my brain, the the files that are are college bound take up take up drawers and drawers. The file that is from graduation until now, it's like three pages in one Manila file folder. Why? Because for the most part, as you get older, the experiences are less new. They're less crazy. Um, first time I went to, to Europe, I, uh, mind-boggling, mind-boggling. I think I went for two or three weeks, and it was uh, on a dime, sleeping in railway stations, good experience. Everything I saw was different. Every day was something completely different. And I've gone back to Europe, and it's cool, but it's not mind-blowing because it's not the first time. I get it. The buildings look different. I get it. Yeah, the food's a little weird. I, I, I get it. The French are rude. I get it. And so that's no longer new. So it doesn't, it doesn't take up as many files in my brain. Oh, keep, keep rolling with it, shall we? You're young. You get a girlfriend. Those are all new experiences. You get heartbroken by your girlfriend. That's a new experience. And then over time, you have different girlfriends and you have breakups or maybe you get married and you have a divorce and it becomes a little normalized. So it takes up less in your file folder in your brain. All of this to say, that's my reason why time seems to be going faster as you get older, because the things we do really aren't that new. They're not exploding in our brains with childlike wonder. And therefore, they don't stick out in our brains the way that childhood did. You know, those, you know, a summer when you were a kid. Do you remember a summer lasting what seemed like 15 years when you were a kid? And now, no matter how much you plan to have a great summer, no matter how much, how great you want to have your summer, you blow your nose and summer's over. You sneeze. And summer's over. It's like, what happened to summer? I don't know. But but the Broncos season is starting. Think I'm right on that? So all this from saying this jump we had from regular time to daylight savings time today, it's exactly what it feels like in larger scale when you look back and go, where did all the time go? So that, as the premise for this question. How do you slow up time? How do you slow up time? I, I want time to slow down. This is one of the one of the hidden joys of having a, a kid with Downs. I, my son has Down syndrome. Is that he he's still mentally a small little boy. You know, you look at your kids and you go, stop growing up so fast. Please stop growing up so fast. I want to enjoy these moments more. I mean, until that point where it's like, would you just grow up? I'm tired of your crap. But when you have a kid like my son, 
you actually get to spend years enjoying them as a as a little kid. And I find it to be an absolute joy. Just, ah, dig it. So I got that part going for me. What about the other stuff? So my brain thinks this. If only I can force myself to have new and different experiences, to learn new things, maybe life will begin to slow down a bit. That is, new things will take up more files in my memory file cabinet. And then I fight the other part, which is, I'm older now. I don't want to do new things. <laughs> I just want to stay home and watch Madlock and, you know, be happy. If you have a suggestion for this, or if you think my theory is off, I'd love to hear it. 303-713-8255. 713-TALK. Wow. What would, what would you do to make life a little longer? I'm not talking about being healthier and living longer. I'm talking about making it feel like you did when you were a kid. That all these things are happening. Because really, once you hit a certain age, you got to go to work and you got to pay your bills. And before you know it, it's tax season again. I'm John Caldera, 303-713-8255, 713-TALK. Keep it here. You're on 630. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Caldera. Welcome. 303-713-8255, 713-TALK. Got a half hour here. Whatever you want to do, it's... Oh, I kind of like this. Oh. So I've been... I don't know why this thought came to mind. I'm, I'm watching um, Live and Let Die. All right. This, this is sad. This is sad. So Netflix has like all the James Bond's movie movies on them right now. At least it looks like all of them. And so I'm reliving my childhood as I always do. And so I'm I'm watching all the these James Bond movies and before you know it I find myself kind of watching them in order from Dr. No. I'm now up to to Live and Let Die. And I I shouldn't be doing these. I I I remember seeing them as a kid, but they're so beautifully politically incorrect, especially the ones made made in the early 60s. They're so misogynistic. They're so fun. And you get to see, um, so what did I just watch? I watched Diamonds Are Forever. Sean Connery. And he... 
it takes place in large part in Las Vegas. So you get to see what Las Vegas looked like in 1971 or 72. And it wasn't much. It wasn't much. I mean, Las Vegas now is this huge town. You see them driving by a Kentucky Fried Chicken, because that's back when they called it Kentucky Fried Chicken instead of KFC. The, the Dunes were there. The Dunes uh, Hotel Casino. Uh, the Golden Nugget. So they had this big, long car chase scene. And they drove past the Golden Nugget about 58 times, because I think either that's where they got the permit to shoot the film, or that's that was the only place in town that had great lights and looked flashy. So they're going back and forth past the Frontier and Golden Nugget, and that was basically it. And the big scene happened at Circus Circus. And they showed a picture of Circus Circus. And it didn't look like there was much on the strip at all. So a lot of it, if you know Vegas, I think it was still big in Old Town Vegas, where the Golden Nugget is still. You know, it's got that cowboy guy that you always see on the... the um, Neon sign, welcome to Las Vegas. And it's so cool to see. All right, so that's cool, just to see old old Vegas. It's also great to see the racial stereotypes that they can get away with. I'm watching Live and Let Die. It takes place in Harlem and then New Orleans, I think. And they're, they're showing black America. I mean, the height of Afro-America. Every black guy's in just wild outfits. The kind of stuff that I just don't think you could get away with today. And it's so delicious. It's so delicious. And I, I just loved old James Bond. I just loved old James Bond because that's back when gadgets mattered. He had a he had a reel-to-reel tape deck. In a hollowed out book. That's how you miniaturize, miniaturize things. He had the spy camera. You remember the spy camera, don't you? The camera, that, that little tiny thing, and you go, chick, 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 chick. That's how awesome that was. Of course, today, who cares? Because each of us have a camera in our pocket along with a computer. And you can manufacture your own movies probably of better scale. And one, one final observation. So I'm, I'm watching these movies, and they're made in the 60s. And some of the special effects were kind of cheesy. But as a kid, you didn't see them. You know, the, the, the fake one-punch knockouts. You know, hit some guy once, and he's just knocked out, and he lays there comatose for... 20 minutes. Today, you look at that and go, oh, that is so stupid. Back then, it was awesome. Uh, I watched, um, what is it, You Only Live Twice or something like that, and the the evil lair inside the hollowed-out volcano, because they got a permit to do that, of course, you know, to build it there. 
the inspector said, yeah, you can put your evil lair right there with all the tunnels and electricity. And it blows up. You can tell they're blowing up a little model because the guys who were shot and laying on the ground, when it explodes, you see them kind of jump in the air. But you go, wait a second, and you hit rewind, which you never had as a kid. And the little guys were just like plastic, plastic uh, G.I. Joe men, or little tiny army men painted up. It was just, it was, oh, it was so terrible. But your mind took care of that. I remember watching old reruns of Star Trek. I cannot watch Star Trek, the original Star Trek, with anybody under 40 because they laugh at the special effects and the uniforms and how bad the walls were. Every time they you know, pressed a button on the wall, the whole wall would wobble back and forth. But as a kid, your brain just fills all that in. You don't need the special effects because you're taken away by the story. I remember my father saying the same thing about um, listening to radio dramas as a kid. You didn't see it. Your mind filled it in. As a kid, I'm like, that's impossible. Those dramas were so cheesy. Now I'm like, oh, I kind of get that. I don't know. How do I get off on all this? Oh, the song reminded me of Live and Let Die. Ah. Let's go to the phones. 303 713 Eight two five five. Hey Brian, welcome. You're with John Calera. Uh, hey Brian. Uh, well, yeah, you, but man, you're all over the board. <laughs> yeah. You are. And and you know my my original point was, uh, we used to go to uh, Vegas, and mom and dad would go down and gamble, and they would let me, my brother, and my sister at Circus Circus. They just turn us loose. I mean, could you imagine? I think that was. I think that nowadays? was a concept of Circus Circus was there's this kind of big tent and you let your kids go and do stupid things while you yeah. can go gamble and drink. Yeah. I know. And, and, you know, and we'd go see all the different little shows and we'd play our little video games or whatever. And, uh, and then, and then you blowing up GI Joe's. Come on, dude. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just saying the, the, GI Joes. I love those guys. <laughs> no, I'm saying the special effects when on those yeah. James Bond movies, you know, whenever they would blow up something, it was a model, and it wasn't done by um, uh, what they do now, which is computer yeah, yeah, graphics, yeah. CGI Batman or whatever. Yeah, and you could really, you could just tell it was just really oh, horrid-looking yeah. stuff. You know, and, and I think that's what makes them classic. You know, is uh, I I love the. I don't know. Is it cheesy? I don't know what you'd call it. You know, it was, it was raw. It was intense, you know? Yeah. It it was great as a kid. You could, I just loved it. And I love seeing the old cars in old James Bond movies. They're, they're, they're little pictures of the time, you know, in those, so 1972 or 73, whatever they're making live and let die They're They're in New York. Man, these cars were huge, and they called one of them a pimp mobile. All right, we got to get the pimp mobile license plate, whatever. And okay, oh my well, God, it was it was it was terrific, just terrific. What I liked about Live and Let Die was all the Glastron Carlson uh, speedboats that they had. Oh, I that, forgot about that. I haven't haven't seen that part yet. Oh well, yeah. I mean, they jumped them over levees and things. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Glastron boats. 
Of what boats? Glastron. What does that mean, Glastron? Well, that's the brand name. Oh, it's a brand name. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I've had a couple of them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and the Glastron Carlson was their speedboat version. And that's the ones I used to, you know, race around the water and everything. So uh, first scene of one of the first scenes of Dr. No, uh, M, which is the head of British Secret Services or whatever it is, um, uh, tells Bond he can no longer use his Beretta. He's now been issued a. Oh, um, what gun? Uh, 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 Austin, uh, no, no, Beretta is a gun. So what gun did he get? Oh, oh, he got the PPG or whatever. Walther PPK. So he, yeah, PPK. That's all right. And so, um, and there he is with, and that's a classic sixties bond gun. He has it all the way through the seventies. And I remember thinking, God, that's the coolest gun. And finally, like every guy, I finally got one at one point. And it, Did you? Oh, it was crap. <laughs> it was, it was, this thing misfired so much. And it, oh. it had the little 308 round, which is not a very powerful round. And you look back at it and go, man, why did he carry that gun? Why didn't he carry a real gun? But it was, that, sure right. was, it was a cool PPK. looking. Yeah. I, yeah. PPG. I'm thinking of some paper company. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and you definitely know your guns, and I I, I love the way you bounce around. You know, John. Well, that's just it's that's just, just because I I I'm I'm bored. I'm yeah, bored. That's all. Well, and I, you know, obviously, you took my call. <laughs> that's how bored I am. In fact, I got to take a break. Thanks for the all call, right. Brian. Three zero three seven one three eight two five five seven one three. Talk. Oh, what a fun day! What a fun day! So, shall we? We got fifteen minutes. Shall we? Best Bond. Who is James Bond? Who is the actor that is best Bond? There's a right answer. There's a wrong answer. There's a really wrong answer. And there's a little room for debate. 303-713-8255-713-TALK. I'm John Caldera. Keep it right here. You're on 630-KHOW. Ten minutes to the top. I'm John Caldera. What? No takers on this one? Who was the best James Bond? Sean Connery. Was there a doubt about that? There was no doubt about that. Followed next by the current James Bond, Daniel Craig. Followed by Roger Moore. There, there you have it. There is, there is no debate on that. There is not, cannot be, will not be any debate upon upon that. There you have it. 303-713-8255-713-TALK. So apparently, um, they're coming out 
with what they're calling James Bond 25. Because they are making the 25th James Bond movie. That's that's pretty amazing. It has got to be the longest running franchise in movie history. Although Star Wars is going to get up there. It's going to it it's a franchise that still makes money, which which is pretty amazing when you think about it. It still makes money. And they're not even counting the James Bond movie that was made by a different studio. So here, here's the way it went, because I just researched this because, because I didn't have enough time on my hands. So I, had, I was trying to avoid doing real work. You know, how you, you know how you're there and you're on Google and something strikes your fancy and then you, you look it up and before you know it, 20 minutes of your life is gone because you're just thinking about some silly little thing and you want to know the trivial answer to it. So I did it on James Bond. And there was a movie that Sean Connery did, I think it was like 1980, 1970-something, and it was called, what was it called? I can't remember what it was called, but it was done on a different studio. So instead instead of MGM, it was done on some other studio, and that other studio couldn't get the rights for the music and didn't have the same actors other than Sean Connery. And it was basically a remake of Thunderball. What was it called? Oh, it had Kim Bassinger in it. In any event. So in that 25, they're not counting that one. Oh, Never Say Never. That was it. I think it was Never Say Never Again. So that one didn't count. Even though it was better than most. Let's talk to Paul. 303-713-8255. 713-TALK. Paul, you're with John Caldera. Glad to have you. Thank you, John. Uh, hands down, uh, Sean Connery, just as you said. I got And why? Give me, if you had to explain it to, to the Martian rugged, who just landed. Uh, rugged, manly, good looks, and he was uh, tough. Uh, of course, he followed the books, you know, from Ian Fleming that, that us, all his high school guys were read. And, oh, did uh, you read it? That. I've never read, for me, James Bond was only movies, not, yeah. not a book character. They weren't long books, and they were easy to read, so they were, and they were uh, different. And then maybe it was after the movie came out that I would read the books, but they were, uh, they were really good. I Do mean, you remember very, any uh, big scripted. difference between the movie Bond and the book Bond? I think so. And, of course, there was all the special effects and the babes and all, and uh, yeah. the, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, new it was all new to us and he set the standard you know although some of the following got bonds were kind of pretty boys i'd like to hear what the women say about that and uh and then of course dan the craig craig guy he was good he was good but not the good looks of uh sean connery no but he but he brought back masculinity to it yeah that's he right. brought back ruggedness to it and um and it was getting to <clears throat> bond was getting pretty campy um, uh-huh. yeah, so that it, was it, there was nothing unique or new about it. And then he did bring some newness to it, some, as you say. So what do you think the, if the women, if a woman were to call up and say what her favorite bond was, 
would would the answer be they're all misogynist pigs? I hate them all. Or would it be <laughs> Sean Connery because he was so manly? But when you go back, he was the most sexist misogynist of them all because of the time. Yeah. You know, tell me, slap, you know, slapping around yeah. women, using them, uh, slapping them on the rear end. You know, I've already saw the scene. You know, move along. Men are talking and slapped him, slapped a woman on the butt. Well, now you know, that men are talking, that, please leave. Yeah, now that that's the uh, things have changed, and now that that is the current discussion, maybe women would. You know, I'd like to hear what they say and if they've changed their opinion about it. And I think I was tending to think they would say the pretty boy got James Bonds were there. Who, was, who do you think the pretty boy James Bond was? Pierce Bronson. See, I would say the other one. I, I thought and Pierce kind of did a pretty good job. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Roger I, Moore actually, was, I, I, I have a soft spot insane. for Roger Moore. It was a middle guy, Timothy Dalton, that didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah. That, that, he and, just didn't work as Bond for some reason. No, no. And, and Moore was good in The Saint, the series The Saint. And then uh, I just didn't see him as a James Bond, though. So I, uh, the other day I watched. Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was the one and only uh, movie done by George Lazenby playing Bond, uh, and it was weird and trippy, and and it was it was it was two sixty. It was weird, man. It it, it it's <laughs> you got to watch it again and go. Who thought this was a good idea? All right, we got a I woman knew. who's going to call in. I've only got okay, a minute. Great. Call. I, thanks I'm for the off. call. Thank you. Bye bye. Let's talk to Susan. Susan. Maybe you could answer it. John, I am so glad to talk to you. I caught your show as I was driving to Southern Colorado from Denver. Um, our family has mineral rights up in Weld County. And this is not a real solution, but gosh darn, it'd be so nice if Denver and Boulder would become their own state. Southern Colorado has a lot of sentiment like Northern Colorado, too. Yeah. Um, probably can't yeah, maybe- happen, but... Maybe, maybe what's going to happen is, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, this is just uh, fantasy, but we ought to just turn off the natural gas to Denver and Boulder. Let them see what that's like. Yeah. I heat my house with propane, and I keep uh, my thermostat at 50 to 55, and those folks don't know what that's like. No, they don't. All right, last question, just for the fun of it. Who was the sexiest James Bond actor? You're asking me? Yeah, of course I'm asking you. I've only got 10 oh, seconds Lord, left. I've, I've only seen one or two James Bond movies. I've, I'm Sean, sure be, Sean uh, Connery, Roger Sean Moore. Connery. It me? could be Sean Connery, but there I haven't seen go. many of them. Okay. There you go. Got to run. Thanks Thank for the call. I'm John Thank Caldera. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.